Black Belt Selling with Stephanie and Anna Scheller. I'm Anna. And I'm Stephanie. We are a mother-daughter team who are passionate about helping you grow your sales, especially when times are tough like what we're going through right now. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Black Belt Selling. There you can interact with us and please throw in questions. Let us interact with you. Let's, let's work together to make the best of this situation so that we can all prosper in spite of things that we can't control. So go to Black Belt Selling, uh, to go to, whoops, facebook.com forward slash Black Belt Selling, forward slash groups, forward slash Black Belt Selling. Boy, I'm really messing it up, but I don't have the virus. I'm good. Um, <laughs> so Stephanie, our guest today has been a recurring guest, and um, I always love it when Nigel Green joins, joins us. And uh, he's mm -hmm. been a speaker at the Grow Retreat twice and always brought tremendous, tremendous value. And I love how he starts his bio. Hope isn't a sales strategy. <laughs> it's not. Come on. All right, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so Nigel helps investors, executives, and sales leaders of quickly growing companies eliminate chance and create predictable sales growth. From 2012 to 2015, he served as vice president of sales for the Foundation Recovery Network, which I find very fascinating because it's a a health, a health company, and he grew that business from $94 million, I know some of us can't even think about that, but get this, he grew it to $350 million before the business was sold. He has more than 15 years of experience leading sales teams and sales leaders. If you're wanting to eliminate chance from your sales strategy, you need to call Nigel Green, and the book that he just put out is perfect for that kind of strategy. Talk a little bit about that, Stephanie. Well, the book that he just dropped is Revenue Harvest, and it's all about, I mean, to me, what I took away from reading the book is that it's all about creating a tangible connection for sales leaders and I really got a lot out of it as a salesperson too. I know he says he wrote it for, you know, for sales leaders, but I really got a lot out of it in terms of someone who manages, you know, her own sales process and her own sales for the company. I got a lot of ideas out of that. And it, it takes the kind of intangible, you know, ideas of sales and ties them to something that we have a lot of studies and tangible, like you can see the seed, you can see the farmers and it suddenly it starts to make a lot of sense as he's relating it to these sales concepts. And for me, it made it more memorable because I'll often find, you know, a lot of times sales, you're having to revisit ideas regularly because they kind of slip out of your head. Whereas the way Nigel wrote this book and the, the, the way he connected it to something tangible, it made it a lot easier to have a picture in my head that I draw back to. And it's, it's helped it really stick in my head. I read the book, uh, I guess almost a month ago now, and, and it's really helped it stick a lot more in my head. And I really appreciate that about, about this book and about Nigel and his teaching style. Yeah, he is pretty cool. Uh, I will admit that Nigel is very, very cool. Now, some of the things that our listeners are maybe going to want to really hone in on is that one, we did 
we did make a lot of application to the current situation with the pandemic, the coronavirus. I think there's some extremely key elements for people to pay attention to, like how many of us have thought about firing ourselves and how to rehire ourselves. That was a really good point he brought up. And then, you know, so many times we grow anxious and depressed because there's so much we see that we can't control. But really, Nigel talked about what are the things we can control and how can we focus on those things? You know, if we're disappointed because our harvest isn't coming in like we plan, what are the things we do have control over? And then um, finally, you know, the thing is, uh, we, we look at the things that maybe motivate people to want to change and look at a new vendor. But he really talked about something that I thought was extremely important and very timely, and that is making sense of the future. You want to talk a little bit about that? Um, so no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think we should just let Nigel talk about that. I'll be, I, I, he, he really, he hit on these very well. I think it would be, I think it would, but let's just, let's, why don't we dive into the interview? All right. So without further ado, here is the interview with Nigel Green about his book, Revenue Harvest. Hey, Nigel, welcome back to Black Belt Selling. It's always a pleasure to have you join us. And uh, you just, uh, we just enjoy being with you. Well, I've missed you guys. It's been over a year since we were last together at the uh, Grow Retreat in San Antonio. And I have to compliment both of you. I've been watching it on social media and it has become quite the buzz. So congrats. Thank you. It really has. We're very, we're very proud of how far this retreat has come and where like people get so excited about it. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> so um, you've, you've outgrown me. You've got real speakers there now. We know. <laughs> I don't, Nigel, you are one of the favorite speakers every year. So we had Nigel back twice, people. We had Nigel back twice. We don't bring many speakers back twice. We do, we'll allow up to one speaker to come back the next year. We just don't do it. And we brought Nigel back twice. If you haven't gone to this event, I'm telling you, you need to go. Um, A lot of people think that I'm an expert on selling, but I learned a lot from others that are, uh, quite capable themselves. So Stephanie and Anna did a great job of just making it a really just action-packed group of folks and you need to be there. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's always a lot of fun. And then we, the first year, yeah, we had Nigel and we had to zip you out because of uh, an upcoming major life event. Right. We had to have you fly in and out. How's she doing? People, people think coronavirus is scary. Uh, try welcoming <laughs> a newborn into your life when you're unprepared. That's pretty scary. So <laughs> everybody's good though. Good. 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 Congratulations. Well, Nigel, we have you back on the show because you've launched a new book. That's right. Yeah. So tell us revenue harvest, right? This is all, and this is, I love how you brought in, right? The, the, the moving to the farm and the, farming background and sales and just kind of married these two pieces of you and really used the sale. What I, one of the things I really loved about this is like sales can be so difficult for people to wrap their heads around because it's all of these kind of ideas. It's floating up here, you know, in the ether and taking it into this harvest concept made it very like, Oh, 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 like you could see it a lot easier. I really appreciated that about revenue harvest. 
Well, well thank you. So uh, one thing that's true about our friends in the farming community is it, it's really clear, either you produced a crop or you didn't. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of sales leaders, you're right, they, uh, they have ideas, they have dreams, they mm-hmm. don't really have plans. So we right. get to the end of the selling year and they don't know how to measure whether or not it was a good year or not a good year or what worked or what didn't work. And in fact, it's times like these uh, when we're in the midst of pandemics and crises that uh, a lot of sales leaders and business owners are finding their plans and their ability to plan being uh, really challenged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, what, what's interesting is uh, something that I've been realizing. You're familiar with Jeb Blunt, I'm sure, or not. Yeah, I know Jeb. Oh, good. Well, phew, got that one. I did that one right. Um, Jeb has what he calls the 30-day principle. And so many times when things are slow and we get into a slump, we don't do anything, but we realize what we're doing for the next 30 days, and this is part of the planning, it impacts us down the road. Just like in farming, if I don't plant in, uh, when it's time to plant, for a wheat farmer, that's usually in the fall. So if you're not planting in the fall, ain't nothing going to happen when spring and summer come and you're looking for a harvest. There just won't be anything there. So I'm, I'm pretty excited because you say that farming and selling are two of the oldest professions and truly they are. And I love how you're bringing both of those together. So you talk about seven principles. Can you kind of just give us um, a real quick bird's eye view of what those seven principles are? Yeah. So plan. And I think we, we've talked about planning pretty adequately thus far. Uh, the second principle is position. And that's uh, really orienting the team and the plan uh, with your customers and other stakeholders. A, a good plan poorly positioned will equal a bad year. That's the soundbite for the position chapter. The third principle is prepare. Uh, and that is uh, getting your, your team in order, getting, you know, for farmers, it's getting the land, getting the equipment ready, making sure all your equipment is up to speed. Uh, the fourth is going to be plant. So we go prepare then plant and planting is one of those uh, self kind of self-known self-obvious kind of things if you don't plant yeah what's the point uh the fifth chapter which i think is probably the most meaty chapter is tend t-e-n-d to take care of to look after mm-hmm. to work uh just because we plant doesn't mean that we're going to get a harvest if we don't work uh, work the fields right, right. Uh, and the sixth is harvest and that's when people are going to read the book, they want to harvest. That's why we're in this is because uh, we've got to put hay in the barn. Right. But I think the seventh, maybe the most controversial and probably the easiest to ignore chapter is restore. At the end of the year, if you don't go back and uh, rotate your crops, put something back in the land, fix your equipment, there's no point in even starting the next year. And we live in a culture where uh, the Gary Vaynerchuks and the grind and the work, work, work mentality uh, is celebrated often, I think, to a fault. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so on the one hand, you've got uh, this culture of do more, be, be seen, being busy, celebrate your best life on social media. But then the unspoken reality is that we have uh, mental health and addiction and uh, divorces and all these things that really stand in the way of us having lasting success. So I felt like if, um, if I don't talk about that, cause I've been on the front lines for years and seen a lot of sales professionals, a lot of business owners wreck their career by not restoring their leadership. Yeah. So we, we spent some time talking about it. Well, and I think like, you know, especially right now we're going through and, and t- times like where we're at, you know, today come and go where the, 
the economy's freaking out. Everyone's, you know, no clue what's coming. And I think it is really bringing out, I, I keep saying it brings out the best and worst of people, but it really is like, it's bringing to the forefront that some of these guys have no, no methods for dealing with this. I can't tell you the number of people who've reached out to me about stuff. I'm, I'm feel I'm dealing with depression. I'm incredibly anxious. I'm this, like they are not taking care of themselves mentally. They're not prepared. They're not, and they're not taking advantage of the slower period to kind of sit back. They're just sitting there on the couch freaking out. And so you're spot on this. It's not, it is not addressed enough. And when things aren't, you know, in the slow period brings it out. And I think really, uh, I don't think we have people with enough equipment mentally to to handle that right now. Yeah. Yeah. And well, here, here's the thing. I think that when they, they put all their, or we let's face it, cause we're not out of this boat, you right. know, I mean, it's not us looking down on the low, we're all in this boat. So I think a couple of things we have to look at is in the area of restore. It's incredibly important that we realize we're just shifting. This is not the end of the world. This is not Corona apocalypse, although there's, you know, lots of that stuff being said online. It's, it's not the end of the world. What this is, is it's a shift. And this is a great time to work on the restore and also to begin to work into the plan. I mean, those things can be working simultaneously. And that's where community online is going to be so important because obviously before we talk the the military has instituted what they call the six foot rule. So even meeting people in person isn't going to be as effective. And now we're, there are a lot of people who rightfully are concerned about catching the virus and spreading it to family members who could possibly um, have a fatal, a fatal result from it. And so the restore is really, it's, it's super critical. And yet it's not like this is such a slow period. This is actually a transition period into the next thing that we can do to serve the people that we're called to serve. Um, so now one of the with, things that we talked about in the, in the restore chapter is this practice that uh, I have typically done at the end of my selling year, which is usually around the holidays. But um, I think there's some value now because it is a slow period. And, and like we say in the book, you have to get, you have to take the slow periods when they come. You have to know when to identify them and take advantage of them. For many of us at home, uh, we can't get out and sell. We can't get out and grow our business. So what can we do? Well, I, I say it's time to maybe to fire yourself and rehire yourself back in a new way, ready to respond to this crisis. So if you find yourself saying to yourself in your head, I'm trusting that uh, I need to make progress on, I'd like to get the support of my intention is to write all that stuff down and who's the person that needs to step in? Who are the you that you need to be that can answer those tough questions for mm -hmm. your team and for your business and get clear on the leader you need to be in this season and hire that person because who you were before this crisis is not going to be the, the leader that your team needs, that your business needs to survive and what's going to be uh, this new economy. Cause we're learning a lot about what was business as usual. There will right. not be business as usual. Teams will uh, have mutinies about going back to work. Uh, we will recognize that working from home and needing people in the office and having, you know, brick and mortar offices aren't as necessary. 
So right. it's going to be a new economy. So who do you need to be as a new leader in this new economy? And I think it's now's the time to work on it. It's already here. Good point. Good I think point. that's spot. And I think that's, that's a really, you know, and it, it gives people something to work on, something to hold on to, right? Which is kind of what I was saying I loved most about the book is it gives people that thing to, to grab, to hold on to and work on and, and really allows them to position themselves, right? Um, and I think that's, that's the big key here is that positioning yourself, right? Setting yourself up. This is not the end of it. The slow period is not the end of it. It's a vital piece to continued growth as a salesperson. I, I agree. And before we started recording, Nigel, you mentioned something about the book is meant to be read on an airplane. Now, obviously that may not be happening right now uh, as much as it used to happen, let's say a month ago. However, tell us the intent of the book for sales leaders. Yeah. So the almanac is the farmer's reference carries it around in his back pocket. You can find it in his office. And that's what this book is intended uh, to do for sales leaders. It's to help them mm. plan their perfect year and execute against that plan throughout the year. So, um, you know, it's a book that I think should be on your desk. Uh, and the way we've laid out each chapter is there's questions at the end of it. They're very tactical things that you can do. So when you find yourself wrestling with where you are with one of these principles, you just pick it up and it'll give you, it'll give you some things to think about and to consider and hopefully take action on. So what might one of those questions be? Let's, let's talk about, so we talked about restore. I'm, uh, I'm curious about tend because even though we are in a situation that's novel, we're in a situation that's new and for a lot of people may be uncertain, there's still the opportunity to tend. And I'm assuming that tending is, you know, I've planted the seed, I've made contact with a, a potential customer, and now I'm working to build the relationship. I'm working to cultivate that time with them. So what would be a question from the book that somebody could read and would help them uh, tend? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So questions that come up are, what are the specific steps that I need to take for each customer to go from unaware of our offering to clear of the problem we solve and happily utilizing the service we provide. Are those steps written down? Can you take every opportunity that's in your current sales funnel and identify which stage each opportunity is currently at and what clear measurable actions need to be taken by whom, by when to get the deal done? that is tending. Not yeah. everybody does that. Well, and then, and, and here we are, we're stuck at home. Many people are. I mean, I'm not. Uh, Stephanie's not. I don't know if you are. Well, my, my life really hasn't changed. I mean, we I work from home. I, I just keep laughing about it. I'm like, yeah, nothing's changed for me. So... <laughs> But this is a perfect time for people to do that. Now, there will be distractions at home. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, and there are distractions in farming. There are things that um, people would rather be doing than going out and doing these steps. How can we help our listeners uh, stay on task with these things while they have these changing times, these slow times, if you will? Well, I think it's uh, important to remember what you can and what you can't control. 
Okay. You can control your attitude. You can control the narrative that's in your head. You can control what you consume, whether it be through media or actually ingesting into your body. You can control uh, how you spend your time. Things you can't control is when this virus is going to be over, when you get to go back to work, whether or not a customer wants to buy or not. Uh, you can control how many phone calls you're going to make today just to check in on customers, maybe not even ask them but for business, but just to be human and empathetic. You can control uh, how you plan your follow-up. You can control uh, the technology that you want to use in lieu of getting in front of people. You can control, if you're a business owner, you can control your expenses. Uh, you can decide to suspend, to furlough, uh, to reduce expenses. There's so many things uh, that are controllable that mm -hmm. we uh, allow, we choose to ignore in times like this. And so my, you know, my soundbite to the leaders that are listening is you have to think about what are the results that I need? How far is this going to deviate me from plan? And what specific actions can I take today that'll help me get back on plan? Sound that. wisdom, sound, sound yeah. wisdom. I mean, because plans, even though we make the plans, sometimes stuff happens. I mean, who would have known at the beginning of the year that we would suddenly be in the throes of a pandemic? Who would have thought? And well, so you know, Dwight Eisenhower said that, um, you know, when it comes to preparing to go to war, uh, he's always found that the plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. What planning allows you to do is to know where you deviated off course and how and when to intervene. We all know that you can write a plan down and it's, it's not going to happen, but that's not the point. The point is that planning challenges you to think about contingencies, to think about the what ifs and think about what adversity you should anticipate along the way. Wow. That's a fantastic quote. Uh, and I think it is, so spot on. I know some salespeople who are like, well, why bother? Why bother? You know, it's, it's all going to change. Salespeople have to be able to, you know, adjust and shift and morph. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> don't throw away the value of having set yourself down to really put something, you know, put a plan together. Um, that's awesome. I'm totally borrow. Well, I guess I can't really steal the quote from you, but um, I'm, I'm going to use that quote. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I are, guess there are many of football coaches. Uh, I played football in college and still love the game that will go into a game scripting the entire first five, 10, 20 plays, regardless of the outcome. They've already decided no matter what the defense does, I'm going to yeah. run these plays just to see how they respond, how they act so that I can plan the rest of the game accordingly. And I think there's a lot of wisdom there to just say, I'm going to run it. I don't care what the outcome is, but we're going to learn and we're going to observe and we're going to get instant feedback on how we need to change. Well, and that's the key right there is that, okay, I'm going to run my plan, right? I'm going to run this, this, like whatever my plan was and, and get that feedback and evaluate that feedback and use it to then become agile and shift and adjust as needed to win the game. Um, you know, I know people who are like, well, I'm not going to play unless I've got the perfect plan. I'm like, well, you're not going to have the perfect plan. You have to get out there and you have to start doing something, right? So put together the best one you can, watch what happens, learn from it and adjust your strategy moving forward. 
That's yeah, right. for sure. For sure. For sure. And, you know, just for our listeners, so that you know, this is, this is the kind of planning and wisdom that Nigel brings that, um, that led him to take a company from 94 million to let me see, oh, 350 million before selling off. I mean, we're not just talking about theory here, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we're talking about stuff that actually works. And Nigel is a guy, that's why he's been to the grow retreat twice. Mm -hmm. um, guess we should talk about a third time. But I <laughs> well, we've never brought a speaker back a third time. Hold on. We got, we have to, we have to, we have to think this through, but yeah, she's got a plan. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious. So with the harvest, right? We, we've talked about how harvest is what, you know, ever all the, everyone's interested in harvest harvest. Like this is exciting to everybody. Um, you know, what is probably your best top two or three tips for, because like the first thing you talk about in chapter six is your harvest isn't guaranteed, right? Stuff happens. So what, what are your best couple of tips that you can give people for getting to that harvest and for making sure that harvest is a really, is a good harvest? Yeah. So in, in farming, there's this thing that we call the harvest moon, and it happens in October and uh, it, there's something very different about the moon. The reason why we call it the harvest moon is it, it's brighter. It's the brightest moon of the year. Why that's important is bef before farmers had all this technology with these combines with huge lights, it was the only way that you could harvest 24 hours a day. The moon was so bright, you could literally work through the night uh, to get it done. Mm -hmm. Why was that so important? Typically, you can expect rain to spoil a harvest, uh, too little rain to spoil a harvest, a cold front to spoil a harvest. Replace those variables with um, competitive threat, a rep leaves, uh, you know, yada, 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 a vacation. So uh, I think that the key to understanding how to time a harvest is knowing the, the points of connection with your customer the way in which you position your offering to help them make sense. It's we're looking for that aha moment and we can't be afraid to do the work uh, and to get in and ask for the business when the customer's ready. And that might be on a Saturday. It could be on a Sunday when they text you and, and you ignore it. Uh, it could be working later at night. Those are the kinds of things that I think is most important is just having that emotional intelligence to know, this is when, and I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to go harvest until it's absolutely time to harvest. They have no more questions. They've made complete total sense. I'm not convincing them that this is going to work. Mm -hmm. They have figured it out for themselves. And I think the, the second thing about harvesting is uh, you, you got to harvest with dignity. You know, let's, let's not force people. Let's not manipulate. I'm getting tired of all the, uh, the new, there's a new tactic out every day. There's a new book that yeah. will tell you some kind of thing to do. Right. And especially in times of uncertainty, more than, and actually Gartner just put out a research study on this. They interviewed 1100 B2B buyers. And what they found, we think that motivation to change is important in buying. And while it opens the door, it's, it's less important than making sense of the future, how your offering fits into the future. So we think of customer success, being able to provide references. We think of maybe they're unhappy with the incumbent 
or the fact that um, we might have some type of feature and benefit that's better than what they're already using. Three times more important than that is your ability to help them make sense of uncertainty, navigate nuances and internal barriers within the organization. And if you can do that, you're more likely to get it done. Awesome. That's I and I, I know our our little uh, our little timer just went off there, but I think that was actually a great a great. <laughs> well, I think that was a great moment to end on, though, right? Because it is. That's what. That's what people are here for. That's and and you know I'm curious. So I read this book, not as a sales manager, but more as like a sales rep. But it really, the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, this really actually applies like as a sales manager, as a sales rep, like. Uh, you know, this book is not, is not exclusive to either, or I think a lot of times books are just for the sales rep, but I'm realizing, Oh no, this is like, this is a good book for the sales manager to read too. Well, it was written for the sales manager uh, first and foremost. And I think that there's probably some applications for uh, the producer, the sales rep, but make no mistake. I mean, this is, this book is written for executive leadership and frontline sales managers, because I, I don't think that, I think that's an audience, well, I should say, I know that's an audience that um, is neglected. And I know because Bain did a study that said of all the functions in the sales organization, the sales managers get the least amount of training and resource dollars of the entire company. And so that's the, that's the folks I'm here to serve. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Nigel, it's, you know, we always enjoy having you join us and um, I'll work on the third person thing, the third appearance. I'll, I'll see what I can do for you there. Um, <laughs> but uh, thank you so much. Now, where can people get a copy? I know if they go to a website, um, yeah, so a little you cheaper can, than you can the, buy the book. Yep. You can buy the book, uh, Amazon, iTunes, anywhere you want to buy the book. It's in every format you could want ebook, audio book. If you want to listen to a Southern drawl, you can go buy the audio book and I'll whisper into your ear for four hours. Uh, <laughs> or you can go buy the physical book. I like printed books. So I made a paperback and a hardback. If you go buy it from the revenue I'll save you $10 on what you'll get it at Amazon. I'll give you the ebook. I'll sign it. Um, and we can stay connected. So I think it's always better to go save money, get a physical book or get it in every format you want. So that's why I did that. Perfect. Yeah. I love doing the audio books. Like I'll get the hard copy that I'll listen to the audio book and then I'm making notes in the hard copy. So I'm a, I'm a yeah. dual copy love, person. Yeah, I've, me too. I've decided this me is too. my thing. So, but this was awesome to have you on Nigel. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us on black belt selling. Um, you've been, you know, you're one of our most impactful guests. I still have little notes up here from the very first interview you did with us that just really impacted how I looked at sales and leadership. And so thank you for doing what you do and for joining us again. Well, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure and I'm super proud of you and uh, really excited about the Grow Retreat. Thank you. Well, awesome. So for our listeners out there, I get it, man. This is a crazy time. This is a crazy time to be going through. Everyone's saying this is unprecedented. We've never been through anything like this. We've been through stuff like this before. We've gotten through it before. What matters now is come back to your roots. Come back to what is going to get you through. Stay dedicated to growth and to learning and to getting yourself to the other side. You got this. Go out there and make it a great week. So, hey, Nigel, it's good to see you again. Um, you reached out to us after the first recording, and you want to do something special for our listeners. So, 
Uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for letting me offer this to your listeners. So since we last spoke about a week ago, my LinkedIn messages and emails have been overwhelmed with people reaching out, asking to answer a question, or can I pick your brain about this? Or can we get coffee? And I wish I could answer them all. So what, what I've decided to do is to the extent that I can try to answer them all. And so the best way that I've found to do this is I want to create uh, small coaching group coaching sessions uh, for your listener group uh, and for my LinkedIn network. And so the way this is going to work is I'm going to limit the group size to five. But if you go and if you buy the book at the revenueharvest.com, and again, this is not about a book sale, mm-hmm. but if, if you don't buy the book, you won't understand how I think about leading in times of uncertainty. <laughs> so it's, it's just a baseline for, for you to understand how I think and, and to understand where I'm coming from when I try to help you solve your problem. So if you go and do that, we will, uh, you'll get an email that'll prompt you to go and select a time. It's an hour. And again, we're going to cap it at five. So that gives you plenty of time. Uh, not only will you hear from me and get uh, direct guidance and uh, advice on how you should handle a certain opportunity or a certain challenge. You're also going to meet some people that are facing uh, the same thing. So you'll get a chance to build community when, uh, in a time when we're all working from home and probably a little bit isolated. Anyway. So that, that's, that's the one thing that I wanted to share with your group is that if you do that, you'll get an hour with me and anyone that buys the book is automatically going to be put into a drawing to win a one day workshop with oh, me. Nice. So a couple of things going on. So it's well worth the 20 bucks or so to buy the book. You're going to get an hour of coaching with me that I usually charge hundreds of dollars for and a chance to win a one day workshop uh, with you and your sales team. So I think that's a, a pretty compelling offer and I think it's needed in a time where there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of new normals and challenges. And uh, I think it's, it's a great time to reach out and try to help as many people as possible. Absolutely. And with the scenery changing practically daily, sometimes even from morning to evening, this is certainly a very valuable thing for people. So you want to go to revenueharvest.com, buy the book. I got to tell you, it's not, I don't even think it's 20 bucks, to be honest. (laughs) So yeah, so it's therevenueharvest.com. So if you go to therevenueharvest, yeah, make sure you get the, uh, and it'll, I think it'll end up being 20 bucks after you pay shipping and handling and all that. Okay. Stuff. Yeah. So it'll be the best 20 bucks you spent in a long time, I think. And <laughs> well, let's see, $20 an hour coaching with you and the possibility of a one day workshop. I would say that's well worth 20 bucks. Absolutely. And how, how are you going to, how are you the listener going to solve any of your problems except to take advantage of this offer. So I'd really like to encourage you to go to therevenueharvest.com, buy the book, and get one of those slots to work with Nigel. Nigel, thank you for your generous offer. We really appreciate you coming back on and reaching out to us again. Well, thank you for having me. You, you guys are the heroes here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So go to therevenueharvest.com, buy the book, and get your slot with Nigel. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you later. 